This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is Wednesday, December 8th, 2021, and I just popped my collarbone. <laughs> like, we getting old, Mike. Sitting here, I was moving my shoulder, and my collarbone popped because I'm old. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Ask your mom. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Hi. We Hello. have a, a lot to get to tonight. Jazz are in uh, Minneapolis, where it is cold. Um, we're going to talk NBA. We've got to talk about your sleep setup. What do you need to sleep well? Are you a fan guy? Are you a weighted blanket guy? Does the room have to be pitch black? See, these are all things that I think we totally disagree on. Uh-huh. Because I absolutely want it. I don't need it. I want it to be pitch black. Do you need white noise? I don't. I think, I think like, well, wave machines are so overrated. Okay. Like, my wife has to have a rain machine. Yeah. Doesn't have to, but we use we use the A word. Uh-huh. To, we, we say to her, hey, uh, hey, A word, good night. Uh-huh. When it's actually working, because it didn't work yesterday. It did work. Oh. Okay. It worked just fine. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that, too. Are we too reliant on the internet? Probably. I feel like we're way too reliant on the internet. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, look at that. Greg Hawkins up early this morning in Utah. Go Hawks. He's, yeah, he's in uh, the Philippines. Greg, good to see you, my friend. Uh, let's get to work here on the Monty Show. Uh, a lot of rumors, and it seems like every day, Kalani Sataki's job situation is leading the headlines. Um, in Utah sports, and and I think probably deservedly so, uh, because they've been working on a addendum to Kalani Sataki's contract at BYU for going on a month now. Yet no deal's been done. Now, if you believe all the folks, that's because Kalani has said, "Hey, I'm focused on football. Um, once the season's over, we'll get this taken care of." Or it could just be that he's not getting what he wants. And all of a sudden, he's a leading candidate for just about every job, especially in the Pac-12, uh, that opens. So, Jake, put a percentage on it. What percentage do you put on Kalani Sataki leaving BYU? I don't think it's very high. I would say it's probably like maybe like 20 30%. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think that Kalani, um, you know, however we want to look at it, whether he whether you want to go the route of, hey, I'm waiting until after the season to handle this or – hey, they're working stuff out on the contract, like whichever way we want to look at it. I just don't see Kalani Sataki leaving the program. And and the reason I say that is because he's been he's been with BYU long enough now that he's built something, you know, and, and BYU is not like every other opportunity out there. Meaning that, you know, when you go there and you build something, it, it no matter what, it is a it is a special thing. And I and I think that Kalani Loves BYU. I think Kalani is a man of faith, and I think that he 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 knows he fits in perfectly there. So to me, all of this rumor mill about Kalani leaving and and you know w- w- what about this opportunity and that opportunity and the others? Like I just think it's a lot of noise. Now I can't get away from the fact that 
that, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> There's no doubt it's scary. If you're a BYU fan, uh, if you're a player in that program, hopefully there's been an answer given to you about Kalani's future, but who knows? I mean, who really, at the end of the day, knows what the deal is besides Kalani's agent and the athletic director? That Those are the only two people I feel like who really know what's what's happening. So what's the percentage that he leaves? I personally think it's like 20 30%. Is it scary? Is it intimidating? Are the what-ifs, you know, pretty daunting? Yes, they are. So, you know, I, I just think that, like we said yesterday, I think the sooner that it gets done, the better uh, for both sides. Because if you lose Kalani, heading into the Big 12 with a new head coach is not what you want. And and that, to me, is is really the, the risk here. All the other stuff can take care of itself. You can find another coach. You can still do NIL deals. Ooh, I don't know like, about all that. You can. I mean, you could still you could still do all that. You don't think you can do all that? Uh, I think replacing Kalani Sataki would be incredibly difficult. Well, I don't think you replace a guy like Kalani Sataki just the same way you wouldn't replace Kyle Whittingham or any other you know name. Like I don't think you replace guys on that level. But I think that you know BYU will find a way to get done what it needs to get done. I guess. Yeah, I I think the more interesting angle here is where would. Kalani Sataki go, what job would would be able to get him out of Provo? Because I, I honestly don't think he's leaving. I think it would be, and this is just my opinion, I think it would be shocking if Kalani Sataki were to um, leave BYU. I, I just don't. I mean, he has openly said, this is my dream job. He obviously has an incredibly strong tie throughout his life to BYU, as a player, uh, he's talked about his admiration uh, for Lavelle Edwards. Like, I mean, BYU is his home. But what job would be attractive to him? What? Well, I guess, you know, I, I think to me when I look at the jobs around, it's like, you know, because if, if we put try to put ourselves in Kalani's shoes and we think about what are the things that Kalani would have to consider, you know, you're really not going to consider any job that obviously isn't going to you know put you in a better spot to get to the college football playoff than he already has with BYU. So, you know, okay, Oregon, you know, you could make the case that they have a better route because, you know, it's Pac-12, they win the conference, you know, you're 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 going places. So, that one I guess is attractive, but I just don't feel like it's a big enough job for Kalani to leave and kind of start over. The SC one was the one where where I really felt like, okay, if he was going to leave, SC would be the would be the job because having a poly coach at SC would be an absolute hit. It'd be a it'd be a massive success, and he could have done great things there. But he didn't leave for that, and obviously Lincoln Riley's taking that spot now. So other jobs out and about, it doesn't feel like there's a lot out and about anymore. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of jobs kind of waiting around. You know, like well, there is one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be Utah. Yeah. A, I don't know, would Kalani leave BYU to go to Utah? There's been a lot of talk about Kyle Whittingham retiring and the monumental task of replacing somebody of Kyle Whittingham's stature. My guess is they would lob a phone call at Kalani Sataki. How do you not? You have to. I mean, he would be the home run hire, right? There's been a lot of talk, and if you're a, if you're a Twitterverse person, which unfortunately I am because I despise Twitter, but I use Twitter hundreds of thousands of times every hour. Um, that's probably an exaggeration. But my point is mm-hmm. um, a lot of people over the last two weeks have said, hey, is Kalani waiting 
for Kyle Whittingham to retire. I don't think he is, but I think if Utah called, he would listen. I mean, it would be awfully nut-busting yeah. to leave BYU to go to Utah. And I, I think the vitriol, the anger, the hate that that would undoubtedly follow that move. Yeah. I mean, could, w- w- what would that be like? I, I think it would be it would be something we've never really seen, I feel like. I, I feel like, you know, we've never really seen a guy on uh, on Kalani or Witt's level do that in this in this hometown rivalry. And I think that I don't know. Like, I understand the angle of, hey, he's waiting for the Utah job to open. That's why the deal's not done. Like, I understand that that that, that, uh, that angle makes sense. But at the same time, I also don't think that Kalani Sataki is a guy who, who waits around for positions. I don't think that Kalani Sataki is somebody who has spent, uh, you know, whatever it's been now, like five years now or whatever it's been that he's been coaching BYU. Uh, you know, he, I don't think that he's been waiting around all those years for wit to retire. I just don't because if that was your goal and your objective, you've been waiting for that for how long now, you know? And so to me it's like if you're operating, you know, in the day to day with the mindset of, well, I'm just waiting until Utah opens up, he wouldn't be as passionate about this job as he is. He wouldn't be putting in the effort on this job that he is if he was just looking to take the Utah job. Cuz think about it. How much has Kalani Sataki improved the recruiting, you know, you know, stance of BYU. How much has he been able to just help the program in all the different major areas that we always talk about with football programs? I mean, a ton, you know, it's even, I would say it's even hard to measure. So to me, I just, when I first heard this, I I thought to myself, you know, I just don't see Kalani being a guy who lives to try and go and take another position. Kalani seems like somebody who is going to take a position. He's going to be a hundred percent in it. And then once football is done, you know, He's either going to just renew that or he'll he'll make a decision on a, another opening. Yeah. You know, but I just don't see him as that kind of guy who sort of like floats in the middle. That just doesn't – he just doesn't strike me as that guy. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think that – he also doesn't strike me, though, as a guy that um, – he doesn't strike me as a guy that is – I can't imagine him going to Utah. Well, I guess the most obvious question that is what's the better be... opportunity? I mean, if we just like he, like if we just stack them up right next to each other, what is the better Man. opportunity? Well, I mean, I, I guess it depends on what you what you're asking. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is. I mean, BYU is a great place to be a football coach, especially when you're winning. Mm-hmm. It's that back to back ten win seasons. Yeah, damn good. You know, but look at the legacy Kyle Whittingham has built at Utah, and. You know, finally winning the conference championship, going to the Rose Bowl. I mean, if they win the Rose Bowl, you know, you can't tell me that he's not on, uh, that he's not on Mount Rushmore. I mean, are has you are you has kidding me? Be. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, he he, it's not arguable at that point. Kyle Whittingham is, I mean, he has to be the most successful coach in the history of Utah. Yeah, I mean, and I I what he's accomplished. I mean it. it it's got to be up there with Lavelle winning a national championship. I mean, to to build a program into the Pac-12, to win a conference championship, to beat Oregon twice, to go through what they've gone through, to to beat Oregon twice, to get to where they are now. I mean, if he wins the Rose Bowl, I mean, I, I'm not even sure it's arguable that this is the best 
coaching job we've ever seen in the history of this state. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I, I just think that that's not an arguable point. I, it just yeah. is a fact, and I, and I think, you know, again, for Kalani, I, I just feel like. You know, when it comes to the Utah job specifically, number one, you know, like you were saying, leaving for Utah as the head coach of BYU, number one, that is like a ballsy move. I mean, you got to have cojones to do that, dude, number one. But then number two, I just don't know that he's helping himself on a personal level. I can't definitively say that that being the guy that replaces Witt is better than being your own man at BYU. That's my biggest thing with the Utah job. You don't this is like this is like any other coaching position. You don't want to be the guy that replaces Bill Belichick. You want to be the guy that no, replaces Bill Belichick. Yeah. Same thing with Wit, same thing with any of these other positions. So for Kalani, I'm just sitting here saying like I don't think that this is anything other than Kalani being a being a uh, a tried and true professional of his craft, which is to say, "Hey, I'm not going to talk about or handle or discuss or operate on contracts until we're done footballing. Yeah. And that's the and that to me is the message she's sending. But again, I can understand why BYU fans would have a lot of anxiety about this whole situation. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just think it's incredibly difficult to even imagine Kalani Sataki leaving. I can't imagine BYU. Kalani Sataki wearing red. I yeah, can't. I can't. I, it's it's my well, it's mind boggling. I, I yeah, I just don't know how you would do that. Uh Greg Hawkins says I pity whoever has to fill Whittingham's shoes after he retires. I agree. I, I mean, <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Like, what could you possibly do to improve upon what Kyle Whittingham has done, not only for the program, but for the state? That's the thing. I, I don't even know. I mean, honest to goodness, I don't even know what that looks like. I, I think when you when you start to understand, and first of all, I, 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 we should probably say, I don't think he would do that. I don't think he'd leave BYU to go to Utah. I think he knows the pain and the 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 emotion that that would cause. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he would do that. But I mean, but that's just my opinion. Um, and I also just don't. I I don't think that you would see a situation where, um, you know that, that I. I God, I just can't imagine that that would happen. Well, and is it, I, I mean, I guess this is kind of a, you know, this is beside the point, I guess, for Kalani, but uh, as as the media, are we jumping to conclusions just assuming that Wit is retiring soon? Like, is it? Cause th- I don't think we are. I don't think we at are. One point, at one point in the middle of the season, you guys remember, you know, the folks who listen every day will remember we had a real – a real like straight to the point discussion about the fact that Kyle Whittingham, you know, was going to retire at the end of this year at yes. one point this year. Yes. And then he does this, you know, uh, just magician work, turns this program around. They're going to the Rose bowl. Yeah. So like for wit, I could see it both ways. I could see, Hey, you just had one of the best seasons of your career. You know, Hey, let's go ahead and end on a high note. I could see that. I could see the logic in that. But then on the other hand, I'm like, hey, you just turned, you just took a pile of crap and turned it into a diamond. You're really going to retire now? It seems like you're at the peak of your powers. Like, you know, so I don't know. I could see you both ways. Um, hello. By the way, my computer just turned off, so I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm having a hell of a time just trying to do what I usually do. Hello. And I just can't. Is this thing on? I I don't know. This, not to digress. This AWS thing yesterday. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out, is that what's going on? Like, 
all of my computers wanted to update this morning when we when we got into the dungeon bro i don't know what is the i don't know what the situation with what the sitch is some shit happened yeah i mean I, I i don't know um but usually you know i tweet out a link to the show and whatnot i have no ability to do that i mean i yeah i have wow. no ability is, to do this that. is crazy yeah it, it is it's interesting to me um how reliant we are on the internet and i think that's a huge conversation that we have to have yeah um because we are yesterday and and let's see if i can if i can get back into the good graces uh of youtube here but i mean yesterday i mean the internet was paralyzed yeah it was absolutely it's crazy. paralyzed i mean it, it yesterday yesterday what yesterday did was was basically show everybody just how damn valuable Amazon and AWS are yes. to powering the business world uh, as we currently know it. And I just am like, wow, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, we, you know, the Yelpatory, um, you know, AWS, Amazon's cloud services yeah. basically went down, which meant we couldn't, you know, use our internet phones. Like, I mean, it's just wild. Like the, there was a video on social media about literally it was just a slideshow of all the businesses and all the nameplates that we all know and love that use AWS. I mean, you're, you're talking about Venmo, Netflix, like all these major, like Disney Plus, all these major brands who use AWS. It's unbelievable. And yesterday it didn't work. So, and by the way, I don't know, like I didn't see any major update about if it was up altogether, like if they had fixed it 100%. Or what have you. But Mrs. Monty was saying that it was some, like, coding issue or something. Yeah, there were a bunch of rumors going around about, you know, what happened. Nobody knows why AWS went offline. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. And, and, and all of this to say. Yeah. I think we're far too reliant on the internet. Seriously, I like, mean. My know, God, man. This work-from-home world, man. I mean, it, it's a position it we're put in. I mean, It absolutely I mean, is. You know, like, it used to be that. And, and even since we started working at, like, the Yelpatory or since we started doing this show on YouTube, like, you know, back in the day, you for salespeople, you would sit at a desk and you'd have a hard line, you know, plugged into the, you know, ground. But now we don't do that. We have Internet phones. We have, you know, Zoom calls and yeah. Skype and yes. FaceTimes and, I mean, you know, Snap Faces, as the old folk call it. So I don't know, man. It's It's pretty wild. But I just think that. Yesterday was, I couldn't, I found myself sitting at work at the Elpatory at like two o'clock being like, man, how is this even possible? How, how, how is it possible for all of these different businesses to be reliant on one business, on one cloud service Yeah, that I just I didn't know. realize how, like, I didn't realize it was that many that were that reliant on. Oh, it. and it, it, it is, it's huge. What look. I don't want to get too far away from BYU and Kalani because a lot of people are in on it. Yeah. Um, obviously, Edgar Garcia, good morning to you. James Knight says you need to check yourself. Mm -hmm. We do need to check ourselves with you the internet. check yourself. Yeah, you better check yourself. Uh, Greg Hawkins says Oregon fans seem cold to the prospect of Sataki there. Questions about his ability as a recruiter. See, and this is something that I think is interesting about Kalani Sataki in, mm -hmm. in the narrative of can he recruit? if people look at the grade, the recruiting grade at BYU since he arrived, you can't do that. BYU's circumstances and the special set of circumstances that you have to overcome to recruit at BYU, you have to factor that. You have to take that into consideration when you're judging Kalani Sataki as a recruiter 
you can't just say, well, he's not a good recruiter. He's a fine recruiter. Yeah. He, when he was at Oregon State and at Utah, he had no problem recruiting. And I would go as far as to say, I, I, I look at, um, you know, I look at flipping Wilson, Zach Wilson from Boise to BYU. Um, I think you look at, I mean, come on, look at the recruiting wins that they're getting this year. Like, I, he's a great recruiter. Yeah. He is a, a a great recruiter. Edgar Garcia says, the only way I see him leaving is if BYU straight up just says, we're not budging on paying you or your assistants more. At that point, I yeah, I see him going somewhere um, straight to kick BYU in the nuts, like Utah. <laughs> he's already well paid. Let's not convolute the, the story. Kalani Sataki's paid pretty well. He wants more stability for his assistants. And BYU wants to get him off of the rumor mill mm-hmm. for every single major job that comes up. So uh, they're trying to work through that, but it's taken a little longer than I think people would like. Yeah. That's what I would say. Uh, Todd Peterson, good morning, too. He says, morning, gents. Kalani is amazing, but seems not to care much about uh, consciously shooting for high bowl goals because he just wants to take it week by week. Does he just act that way for the media? No, this nice guy thing. I think is real. I think that Kalani Sataki worries about respecting the opponent far too much. It's the one criticism I have of him. I, I, I love the way he handles people. I love the way he recruits. I love the way he um, builds X's and O's. And I hate the fact that he won't step on somebody's neck. Yeah, and, and, I, and we were getting, well, I say we, I was getting tweeted at yesterday about how, you know, uh, it, it's wrong to say that, you know, a couple points have kept them out of a bowl. And I just disagree with that that mantra 100%. I think that, that you know, BYU had an opportunity this season to get to a New Year's Six Bowl. Without a doubt, they had that opportunity. And I just think that, you know, it, it wasn't even the Boise game to me. Like, yes, the Boise game hurt, but it wasn't even the Boise game. I felt like, you know, it was the stretch from Virginia to USC that really killed you. In in those two games, the Idaho State game and the Georgia Southern game should have been very different. They should have gone very differently. We shouldn't have been seeing third, fourth stringers in that Idaho State game. That should have been a, hey, we're going to come out. Our starters are going to play all 60 minutes or whatever, and we're going to come in and destroy these guys. And, and I felt like they let their foot off the gas. And, you know, again, against Georgia Southern, you didn't really put on a show either. And then against SC, you win by four points. So you just kind of – I felt like you just kind of coasted into the end of the season. You didn't you didn't really, you know, flex. And, and yeah, I, I agree with you that I think that is the one critique I'd have of Kalani Sataki. You can't be nice, man. This isn't a nice guy sport. This isn't like, hey, we're – you know, we're, we know we're way better than you, right? Uh, Alabama of Birmingham. We know we're way better than you, so we're just going to take our foot off the gas halfway through the third, and you can score some points and feel good about yourself. Like, that's not what it should be. I am begging BYU fans not to overlook UAB. Well? I'm begging you not to do it because UAB, whether you like it or not, UAB is a legit, is a legitimate opponent, and everybody keeps, like yesterday on Twitter again, it was, well, they quit football. They they didn't want to play football, and – there were larger issues at play, and the passion and the the commitment to football in Birmingham was very clearly on display with the way they saved that program. Yeah. I'm just telling you, don't – please do not overlook UAB. 
And if you're Kalani Sataki, I would hope that you and your staff are building a plan to, to win that game 100 to nothing. Like, just come out and if you're so much better than UAB. Which, by the way, I think they are. I mean, I think BYU is yeah. head and shoulders better than this team. But I agree with you. You can't just roll into this bowl game and think that it's going to be easy for you. You know, you can't just roll into the game and think that you're going to be able to dominate this team by 40 points. I mean, the mentality has to be that you got to execute at a high level. You know, you got to you got to get the passing game going. The secondary needs to make plays when they when they have the opportunities. Like all the same stuff we always talk about with BYU needs to be on full display. Yeah, totally agree with that. A lot of you are actually in on the internet. Okay, I I think this is a great discussion. I I agree. What are people saying? Edgar Garcia says Russia did it. Well, Billing. Well, and now you got filtered. But Billingsley six oh two said. Um, that a lot of people are sitting home watching porn and that's why the internet died. Oh, wow. Okay. Sure. Uh-huh. I, it was, was only fans offline or fans only only fans, only fans was, I don't, I can never get that right. Well, was only fans offline. I don't know who knows, but I, I do think, I do think we're far too reliant on the internet. Um, James Knight says shout out to Mo Bamba. James is just dying for us to talk. Shout to Mo Bamba. He wants NBA today. Uh, Neville 93 says, missed you guys. Hope you had a great vacation. We did. Thank you. Thank you. Steve Peterson says, I was meaning Utah should hire Gary Croton when Witt leaves. Croton fills in great for legends. <laughs> okay. Nope. You know, no, only if they bring in terrible BYU type uniforms during the Croton. Ne never mind. Um, Greg Hawkins says all the disrespect from BYU fans will fuel the fire of UAB's players. Yes. Cam Harrison says UAB is a good football program. They have three players who made the NFL. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Cam. Don't overlook them. I'm telling you. Rhett Smith says if BYU destroys UAB and doesn't take their foot off the gas, then they, uh, they'll get a little respect back. I'm for real. Um, <laughs> I think that will make BYU fans say, well, what if? No, BYU fans will just continue to say, well, we're Mormons. That's why they didn't want to stay. Yeah, no, BYU fan doesn't want to play the what if game. I legit had a guy in the comments yesterday. Well, we're Mormons. They don't want us to have money. Bro. Guy. Stop. <laughs> no. Come on, dude. The answer's no. I, I, why is it so, like, bad to say that BYU just didn't live up to it this year? They didn't take advantage of it. Why is that so bad to say? Why, why do we have to play the, hey, we're Mormon, everyone hates us card? I don't know. I, I think it is... And we talk about this all the time. I think it's just, it's, it's victimhood. Yeah. You know, like I, I think it's, it's just, little brother syndrome. It is. Hey, we're Mormon and nobody likes us. Hey, we're BYU. They don't want us on TV because of the church. Just hey. to make sure we're all on the same page though. There's not a chance in the world. Kalani is going to Utah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, I can't, I, that no, was 0%. I think the earth would stop spinning. I legitimately and the earth would stop spinning in the state of utah i can tell you if, that if kalani goes to utah i truly believe that the earth will fall off its orbit it's axis it's orbit it'll fall out of orbit yeah okay shut up jake um tanner Plummer says there's byu fans we always say what if technically the bibs started with lavelle edwards tanner said okay well fine i don't ever wear them again please no no steve he says bring back the bib uniforms no <laughs> No, the bib uniforms are the by far the worst uniform that this state's ever seen. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Don't ever bring that up again. Don't do it. 
You know what I'm saying? Follow us on social, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, you can find Jake SLC Supercars. By the way, um, crushed a shoulder workout. Yep. I'm a stud. Yeah, we you did. Can, you can see that on Twitter as well. Switch gears for James Knight's sanity and talk a little hoop. Mm-hmm. Do the Utah Jazz have a point to prove in Minnesota tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think the Utah Jazz, I mean, should be playing with a point to prove every single night. And I think the 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 Timberwolves are just the next team in front of them. You know, I, I think the Jazz are right now with with this team currently, I think I, I re- legitimately think they're only playing to maybe like 75% of their potential. Like, I think we see a couple possessions a game where they'll move the ball and they'll get that wide open look and knock it down that we need to be seeing much more of that. And and I think that the Jazz are going to play a team that is very athletic. Uh, they're younger, obviously, and they're more than capable of beating you. And and I think that, again, this is a game that the Jazz should win, but I think this is a game that's going to be very close. That's what I honestly think. You know, I think it's, I think it's one of these things where the, the Jazz – I'm curious if the Jazz truly believe they're championship contenders. Like, I mean, listen, the LA Lakers are championship contenders until they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, every year they're going to make trades and moves at the deadline. They showed that over the summer. It's, you know, Russ sucks. He can't shoot. You know, Russell Westbrook, as you mm-hmm. so nicely said last mm-hmm. night. But my point is, I don't think the Jazz believe that they're on that level. And I, I wonder if that's still the modus operandi. Because you can't tell me Dennis Lindsay ever believed he was on the level of the L.A. Lakers. Because I just don't believe that's the way they operated. No, I mean, I, I think that, you know, when Dennis Lindsay was here, I feel like he operated with the with the concept or the mindset that, that you know, hey, this is the best we can be. Rudy Gobert is the best big we could get. Don is the best player that, that we're going to have for the next five to eight years. And, and I don't think that that's the case. I think that, that – you know, it, it, you are who you think you are, right? You are how you operate. So if you think that this is, again, this is like, you know, the, the, the BYU fan thing. If you think you're a victim, you're a victim. You know, if you think you're a team that can go out and get, you know, studs, then you're going to be that team. And I, and I think that the jazz, uh, uh, can be that team. I think look no further than the Phoenix suns, you know, everybody said, ah, well, Phoenix is a small market team. You know, they're never really going to get anywhere. Book's going to go and be a Laker, and then what happens? They go and get Chris Paul. They get Jay Crowder. They go and get, you know, this offseason they got Landry Shamet. Like, I, I get that, you know, some of these guys aren't the biggest names. Chris Paul is a huge name. Chris Paul is, a, is an all-star, a Hall of Famer. Like, Chris Paul is one of the best in the league, and they went and got him. So, to me, you know, there was a clear, in Phoenix, if you followed them, there was a clear changing of the guard, and, and the mentality shifted, and now they've built a team that can go to the NBA Finals. That shift, I hope, happens at this trade deadline for the Utah Jazz. I hope that the Utah Jazz get aggressive. I hope that they get uh, a bit more ruthless with how they handle contracts on this on this cap. And and if they do that, they're going to be a very good team. And Don can take this team to where all of us want them to go. But until you get him better help and better supporting cast, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think... You know, we look around the league a lot. We watch a lot of basketball, like watching fat-ass Luka Doncic last night, who after the game agreed with me that Luka said he's out of shape and he needs to, to do what better. Do I owe this pleasure? Yeah, you, you're fat. Um, and I trust me, I know he is. fat. 
He is. I know fat. He is. He is. I'm not. I'm a stud. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, um, we've been looking at, <clears throat> you know, Luca all year, and he's been overweight. He's been out of shape. And so it's interesting that here you have a guy in Luca last night talking about being out of shape. He's not a championship player. How are you out of shape? What, 24 or five games in? How's that possible? Because you don't work hard. And I look at a guy like Donovan Mitchell, I, I think he's a championship player. Yeah. You know, I look at this roster, I don't think the Jazz have many championship players on their roster. I don't. I can see guys like Mike Conley, mm -hmm. Joe Ingles. But if you look at the, the vast majority of other guys on this roster, is Rudy Gobert a guy that you look at and you're like, oh, well, he's a championship player. He's one of the most important players on a championship team. I personally don't. I'm watching video of James Wiseman, you know, working on his handle, like doing dribbling drills, and he's unbelievable. That's that's a center in the NBA today. Rudy Gobert and his left-handed dunk the other night, that's cool. But what's he going to do tonight? What's he going to do? You know, like everybody talks about how, you know, hey, Rudy Gay's here so that we can play small ball. Well, what's that mean? Rudy Gobert's not on the floor. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't look at Rudy Gobert. I don't look at, you know, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich. You could have Boyan on your team and win a championship. He can't be a centerpiece. You know, like that's what I'm looking at. I look at the Lakers. LeBron James moved to the power forward. He's playing remarkable basketball right now. Like, I don't know how he did it, but he is shooting at an elite level. Watching a good part of that game last night. LeBron James looks fabulous. Anthony Davis looks like a disappointment. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with Charles Barkley, who called him out yesterday? Yeah, I think I think Anthony Davis is at the center of their struggle. I think that you know, yes, there are other players on the roster, most notably Russell Westbrook, who who causes issues. But I think Anthony Davis is is what you know powers that team. That they will go as he goes. And last night is a great example. You know, uh, they're playing the Celtics. The Lakers start the game. They're turning it over. Specifically, Anthony Davis is turning it over, struggling to catch passes, you know, making bad passes. And Jason Tatum is just torching the team off of those turnovers. And and it, it is – listen, I'm not a, a diehard Laker fan. I, like everybody else, watch the Lakers uh, religiously when Kobe was alive and doing his thing because it's Kobe. But today I find myself being frustrated with this team. I've never been a LeBron guy. I look at the dynamic they have, and when Anthony Davis plays well, this team goes places. When Anthony Davis hits game winners off the wing in the bubble, this team goes places. But the problem is, is so often he's either hurt or he's just not playing well. And that's my frustration with him. I, I, he's yeah. in his prime. I know he's got more. I know you have more. I know you should be 30 points a night, but you're not doing that. Charles Barkley on TNT said that, Anthony Davis is the problem for the Lakers and that you're a superstar who's supposed to be in his prime yet. You're not playing like it. Mm -hmm. I can't disagree with that. You know, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, obviously you've tried to put guys together and it hasn't worked, um, but you have nice role players there. I, I think Carmelo Anthony has been very good for them. Mm -hmm. uh, Malik Monk's been very good for them. Avery Bradley has been a very good defender, better than I think most people thought he would be. Um, so you have all these these role players, but you need to find somebody better than Russell Westbrook. He's a problem. 
Anthony Davis will be fine. He's proven he can carry you to a championship. They're they're clearly trying to get him to stop shooting threes and play in the paint. He leads the NBA in points in the paint, and I think that's very good for them. But when they don't play a center, and I think they struggle because he's not a guy that likes to bang defensively. Oddly enough, I think more to Charles Barkley's point, the L.A. Lakers are better when it's LeBron and Dwight Howard uh, with Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. That th- that grouping, their defense goes up well, exponentially. Because it's a natural fit. The, the, this And this is the thing with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a hybrid player, so he can play the five, the four. He can match up on and switches with threes at times. Like yes. He can do some things, and, and that makes him a great player. The problem is... The starting five, the the supposed starting five, right, that that we all thought it would be, you know, LeBron, Russ, AD, uh, and whoever else, you know, the other two you want to put on the floor with them, that group hasn't had reps together. So, you know, when you look at the LeBron-Dwight uh, Howard connection, they've played together. They've, they, they've gone through the playoffs together. I mean, th- that's why they brought Dwight back, and I think that – the reason Carmelo's having success is because he's not asked to do too much. What is he really asked to do? Hey, when you're in the game for you know 15 to 20 minutes a night, put the ball in the hole. Yeah, That's all you have to do and play serviceable defense. So to me, that's why I say I look at the Lakers and I say, hey, Carmelo's not the issue. LeBron is not the issue. Outside of the health stuff lately, he's not the issue. Anthony Davis is at the center of it. He's got... That like he combined with the coaching staff have to figure out what is the highest best way to use him, and I think it's at the four. The problem is, is then what do you do at the five? Because when you put Dwight and AD out there together, it's awkward. That's the problem. Yeah, and I think you know one of the things that's interesting, um, you know, Kevin, who is a diehard diehard Utah Jazz fan, uh-huh. um, it says. It's becoming daily that you guys talk about the Lakers. And you seem to start topics in the NBA talking about the Jazz, but then you switch to the Lakers. Why don't you just talk Lakers and not talk Jazz? Okay, we don't talk about the Lakers every day. We don't talk about the Lakers Uh, every day. It's been at least since before the trip that we talked about the Lakers, I think. Like, we didn't talk about them yesterday. We didn't yeah, talk about I, a Monday. I, I, the interesting thing is, I think, I think Jazz fans are very sensitive about the the LA Lakers, and I get it. I mean, the, whether it's the Carl Malone ring chasing thing or whatever you want to point to, I understand why there's a rivalry there. The Lakers are one of the most relevant teams in all of sports. I just don't think that you don't you don't do NBA and not talk about the Lakers, just like you don't do you know, football in the state of Utah and not talk about Kyle Whittingham and the Utes. It's the same concept. Yes, I mean, I think is. that, I think that Lakers Celtics last night is, is, is the pinnacle of the sport. You know, I mean, that is one of the oldest rivalries in the game. It, it, it just is. And and frankly, if we're being really honest about it, um, with all due respect to jazz fans, like I think the jazz don't have the history in the league. The Lakers do the jazz have history. They've done some things. They've had players, They've they have memories, no doubt about it. But it's no secret, and frankly, it's no slight to the yeah. Jazz that the Lakers have more history. It, it, it again, that's not a disrespectful 
statement to the Utah Jazz. I just think when you're looking at the league right now and 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 you're looking at, okay, well, what are the Jazz going to do this year? How far can they go? The Lakers are front and center, one of the biggest hurdles to the Jazz getting to the NBA Finals. That's no secret. Yeah. So that's why we have to talk about them. Along with, you know, and I would say this directly to that guy that messaged you, you should be thinking about the Lakers, you should be thinking about the Suns, and specifically you should be thinking about, about the Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- those three teams are going to be the teams that hold you back. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, oh, Eric C's back. Hello, Eric. Eric C, good morning. Hello. Hope you're okay. Unlike the Aztecs. Uh, and he commented <laughs> earlier, morning, fellas, I finally made it. Uh, made it back, ripped the Aztecs. He says they talk about the Bulls more than the Lakers this season while the Bulls are going to win a championship. Again, now. see again, like that's a fair statement. We have talked about the Bulls a lot. and Well, because they have Alex Caruso now. Yeah, the headband. Yeah. You know. MVP. I, I think the Jazz are relevant. I think that they're teetering on irrelevance if they don't make a major move at the deadline. I think when you are the you go from being the best team in all the NBA last year to sputtering and their problems are not offensive. Their problems are defensive. So I think jazz fans look at the standings and say, well, the jazz are in third. I mean, you know, they're, what are they? uh, 17 and four now after the Cavs win, I think. No, 17 and six. Why do you keep screwing that up? 17 and six. Okay, great. Um, Pathetic. You know, they're 17 and six, third in the Western conference. Yeah. Yet we're sitting here talking about how they're on the edge of being relevant. And I think it's a fair statement. I, I really do like. I mean, it. they are they are a cut below Golden State and Phoenix. There's yeah. just no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Those are by far the two best teams in the West. Um, I just think that the Jazz need a makeover, and it's why I've I've said repeatedly. I just thought that my Conley money was was bad money after bad money, um, and I I think defensively you're seeing the fruits of that contract. Um, I think you're seeing Rudy Gobert, his 41 million bucks a year, really limits your ability to go and make deals. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to say goodbye to some pretty important pieces to, to get better. I mean, you hear Indiana yesterday talking about that they're going to tear it down and there's no piece that they're not willing to trade. Well, trade me Karis LeVert. Yes. Um, you know, because I, I think he is somebody that you could really plug into this lineup and, and he's a guy that would really make you a better player. Oh, well, you can't afford him. You know, like, unfortunately, you can't afford the guy. And that's a challenge. And and that's when you're paying Rudy Gobert 41 and you're paying Conley's luxury tax. And, you know, like you, you're Don's you're, contract is no slouch. Yeah, but you can live with that. Yeah, you can live with Don's I mean, contract. But my point is, is that is that you're in a position now where you you have. I mean, essentially, that is, you know, by NBA standards, that would be the Jazz's big three. Right. Don, Mike and Rudy. I mean, those are the three guys that you're playing around. And, and, and that's why I say like, that's why I'm concerned. Everybody always says, well, you just say it on the jazz. I'm not hating on them. I'm concerned. I am concerned that you don't have money to go out and, and, and make a deal happen because it's not just hey, here's Mike Conley for, you know, the best point guard. Here's Mike Conley for Kyrie Brooklyn. Yeah. That's not how it works. No. You got to match money. You got to match like terms. Like there's so much that goes into making NBA deals that, it just has me wondering what can what what are the Jazz even able to do? I mean, the, if we're being honest, you know, Zanuck really approaching the deadline's got one one hand tied behind his back with the with where they are, and that's tough to deal with. Well, at sixteen and seven, I think you're in an interesting position. You're good, not great. Mm-hmm. You're good, not great. I mean, I I look at Memphis, um, 
And I started this conversation by saying that Jazz have a point to prove tonight in Minneapolis. And to me, I, I think that point is that you can hang with young athletic teams. Um, I look at the standings right now. Memphis, the Clippers, and the Lakers are all right behind you. Those teams are going to make deals, and they're going to get better. I mean, I, there's no doubt that when Kawhi's back, the Clippers are going to be a better team. Yeah. There's no doubt that when the trade deadline comes and goes, the Lakers are not going to have the same roster they have now. There's no question about that. So you start looking at teams like Dallas, and as I was just saying, Jake, I, I just don't believe that Luka Doncic is a championship player, but you are 16-7 and seven right now. And you begin to ask yourself, Okay, well, is that are we over our skis? Is that really who we are? Because at sixteen and seven, you're probably you know tracking to be a three four team in the West. That's so wild to me. Like the it's amazing how the Jazz sixteen and seven feels different than the Mavericks sixteen and seven. You know, like if like if you if you said to me, okay, the Jazz are in third in the third slot in the West at sixteen and seven. Where do you think the Mavericks are? I just told you the Mavericks are a six or seven team at like thirteen wins. They're eleven and twelve. Like I, 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 I don't. How? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, I don't know how a team with, with Porzingis, Luca, a role player, ask guy like Tim Hardaway who can really knock down threes for you. How, how is that team, where they are? I don't Finney know. Smith. Yeah, I Finney mean, Smith can shoot it, no doubt. They have talent. I I don't know. I but then what about your guy Dame yesterday? Yeah. Well, this is this is boneheaded out of Dame. I love Dame, but this is dumb. You're you're 35 years old, I think he is, and you 58. Yeah. I mean, you might as well be right. I, I mean, you're you're 35 years old, and the only thing stopping the the Portland Trailblazers from a finding their their GM, but He's then 31 B, by the way. Okay, 31. Sure. You know, you're in your 30s now. You're not 27 anymore. Right, you want to be the highest paid player in the league. You want a two-year, hundred and seven million dollar deal. How does that compute? No, How does that work? It doesn't compute. By the way, did anybody see that that uh, you know our boy C.J. McCollum has a collapsed right lung somehow? You want to talk about a team that needs to blow it up? That like, team needs to blow it up. I mean, enough is enough with, with it. Damon C.J. hasn't worked. No, I mean it. it you are to me. If I if I'm the Portland Trailblazers, I'm trading Damian Lillard. Yeah. And I am I am doing everything I can do to get younger. It's time. And, and yeah, I mean, I love Dame. $107 million for him is ridiculous. Here's the I want to point out a difference. If 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 we go back to Kobe's late years, he at one point at late in his career was the highest paid guy in the league. The difference was is that Kobe had done his winning already and he had built a legacy and he had put banners in, in the rafters, right? That's why he was able to get paid. And Dame hasn't gotten to that level. He's always been a second-tier player because he's never been able to take that Blazer team to the to the promised land. And and I, I love Dame. I love watching him eliminate Paul George from 40 feet or whatever it was. You know, like I love those moments. But yeah, but what was the what was the fruit of that? Nothing. That's the problem. It the fruit it's of done it, nothing the, for the, you. The, the fruit of it was, hey, as NBA fans, we've got one of the best game game-winning shots of all time. That's that's the fruit of that. That's it. James Knight says the new shock jocks of Utah. Come on, guys. To suggest the Jazz are on the verge of being irrelevant is they are. stupid with all due respect. I I don't know how to break it to you. The Jazz 
if the Jazz are a mid-table team and they go out in the first round, that's who they are. That's They're, who they've been. You, you're, you are not a relevant championship contender. The Lakers could be, have the worst record in the NBA and, they're irrele- and they'd be relevant. Okay, let's... Uh, the, I, I, a team... like Look at yeah. Portland real quick. Yeah. Portland's irrelevant. Yeah. Portland's irrelevant in this league. Yeah. And why is it? Because they're not title contenders. Who are the relevant teams to you in the league? So it would be... Lakers, Knicks, Celtics, um, Bulls, Warriors. Phoenix. Um, Fe- the Phoenix Suns. Brooklyn. Absolutely, Brooklyn moves the needle. I mean, if you look up and down the standings, if you just look at the West, like right now are the Clippers. Who's talking about the Clippers right Nobody. now? Nobody. Clippers are irrelevant. Who's talking about the Clippers have the exact same record? Hello? Hello. The Clippers had the exact same record as the Lakers, 13 and 12. The Lakers are leading sports center. The Lakers are leading the NBA you know, news cycle today. Well, it's because they have LeBron and AD, and they played the Celtics, who, by the way, I don't know how many people are paying attention. The Celtics have the exact same record as the Clippers and the Lakers at 13 and 12, and they're relevant. And why is that? Because they're the fucking Celtics. When you're the when you're the Utah Jazz, you have to be elite to be relevant, mm-hmm. and that's the hard part. And and I'm not saying it's just the state of Utah, but if you look at the Pac-12 on the whole. Mm-hmm. If you're not one of the elite teams in college football, you're irrelevant. If you're not Oregon. By the way, Alabama went winless this year. Are they still relevant? Yeah, they are because they're Alabama and people are shocked they went winless. That's my point. You're Alabama. It doesn't matter what your record is. You're relevant. Yeah. You're the Lakers. It doesn't matter what your record is. You're relevant. You're the Utah Jazz. You better have the best record in the NBA to truly be a title contender. And guess what? You 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 bit you spit the bit when you did have the best record in the NBA because you not even got close to winning a championship. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. So when you say that it's shock jock radio, it's not. It's the reality of it. This team cannot continue to do business like they've always done business. Because if the Utah Jazz are just going to be, you know, Gale's Utah Jazz, sorry, you're not going to be relevant. Players are not going to want to come here. They're not. You're not going to get better. Donovan Mitchell is going to be a knicker in that in three years. That's the reality of it. Why would you want to be in Utah if you are not going to contend for a championship? You wouldn't. Because you don't get the money, you don't get the 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 opportunities beyond basketball that you get in L.A., New York, Brooklyn, Chicago. Chicago. You yeah. don't get those opportunities. And my point is, like, I look at Derrick Rose. I've had this discussion a thousand times, it seems like. Derrick Rose is a relevant player in the NBA. Has he ever won a championship? No. Derrick Rose hasn't been an elite NBA player for five to seven years. I think he has one MVP. In Chicago, he had an MVP. Yeah. And he took that team back to the playoffs, and then he hurt his knee. But he's still a relevant NBA player because he did it in Chicago. He's a New York Knick. Like, Legacy. If, if you want to truly be elite, you've got to do elite things. And I think that's what guys want. You know, that's that's what guys like Don want. They want to be... They want to be winning titles in, again, this is what Dame wanted. You know, hey, I want to win a championship in Portland. The problem is, is he's not getting uh, younger and no, not. they're not adding talent to that roster. So again, and we brought this up, it was either yesterday or Monday. I specifically brought up the fact that the Jazz, they don't have 
like it for anybody who thinks that Don's just gonna stand around and be on a mediocre team for like the next five years, you're up in the night. He's not doing that. There's no way, no how that Donovan Mitchell is gonna sit around and be on an average team. Uh, it's not gonna happen. We saw it with, we saw it with Book. What happened? They totally changed the front office. They brought in a ton of talent. And hey, you went to the NBA Finals. Book is happy, right? Even though they lost, that Book is happy. He played for a championship and he just came up short. That's fine. A player can live with that. But you can't live with getting knocked out in the first or the second round every single year no. for like five years in a row. Yeah, I, I I think you can't. You just can't quantify how important it is to these guys to win. And everybody thinks it's about money and I'm telling you, when you're making NBA money, it's not about the money, right? Like for a guy like Damian Lillard, it's about the money because he's at the end of his career and he's looking for respect, right? Like he's no longer in his prime. He's often injured now. I think he sees the writing on the wall in Portland. He wants to get paid and he wants to, he wants to be respected, right? So he's in a different place than a guy like Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker, who's a great example. These guys are already paid. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's making money from the jazz. He's making money off the court with Adidas. Like he's he, he, money is not his motivating factor. Donovan Mitchell wants to win. Yeah. That's all he cares about. So if you're not going to win in Utah, he's going to go win. The Knicks would love to have Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. The Brooklyn Nets would love to have Donovan Mitchell. Well, in the, in the messed up part, well, not the messed up part, but the, the tough part, the tough pill to swallow if you're a jazz fan is I'm sure Don, no matter what, before his career is over, he's going to play for a New York team. I mean, that's that's just going to happen. Like, he's going to play for the Knicks, or he'll play for the Nets, or he's going to play in that region of the country because that's where he's from, and, and every NBA player does that. That's why, you know, LeBron with Cleveland, or, you know, you, you look at any— it's like when uh, in the offseason when there was a lot of heat about DeMar going to L.A. Well, that's where he's from. That's where he went to USC. That's where he wants to play. That's where Russell Westbrook's from. Yeah. You know, like— exactly. I just I, I think this is about a lot more than than money and championships. I really do. Uh, Eric C says the Powell guy from Portland would be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice to have somebody. Yeah. Though he can't shoot a three right now to save his life. James Knight says so the teams that get love from Nation TV then got you. No, if you look at the LA Lakers, they have a pile of championships. It's not about whether they get love from I, the national media, dude. It's I, about why, what they've done. Why is this so difficult to understand? When was the last time the Utah Jazz had a Kobe Bryant or a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or a Magic Johnson? Or I mean, again, you got to go back to Stockton and Malone. Yeah, and 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 again, I don't want this to turn into hey, you guys are just bashing the Jazz. But if we're talking about legacy and history and 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 weight carried in the NBA, yeah, the Jazz don't have as much weight as as a Lakers or Celtics. But, but if you, know. you want to get there, you, you to man to do things you've you've never done, you've got to go and do things you've never done. Yeah, like if you want to go be a champion, you can't operate the way the Jazz have operated for the last ten years, and it would appear that they're not operating that way. Yet, what did they do? They spent bad money on Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert, which is what they've always done. Okay, well, listen, Ryan Smith wasn't the guy who, who pulled the trigger on Rudy Gobert. He approved it. He wasn't the guy that pulled the trigger on that. But he is the guy who paid Mike Conley. He's that dude. He paid that guy. Yeah. So now, put your balls on the table, Ryan Smith, and go make a significant move at the deadline to put this team in a position to win a championship because they ain't that dude right now. Correct. You can't. 
you you can't continue to sit here and make excuses as to why they lost and why they lose every year in the playoffs. It's because they're not they they have historically not been good in the draft. They've not. This is the first time they were good in the draft this well, past round. But and what has it meant? Nothing, because Quinn won't play Jared Butler. It's a travesty that this team's not playing young guys. Tanner Palmer says, if you want to be elite, then you've got to do elite things. Yes, you do. Yeah, I mean, you got to be cold-blooded. I mean, yes. it, it is, It is. I mean, look no further than the New England Patriots and how cold-blooded they are oh, about, about, about contracts. James, be better than this. The Jazz lost their two best players in the playoffs last season. It would cripple any team. Okay, I don't care why. Everybody last year was hurt. The Lakers were hurt. The Brooklyn Nets were hurt, and they were within a toenail on Kevin Durant's right foot of being in the NBA Finals. You can you can make excuses, or you can win, but you can't do both at the same time. And and nobody likes to hear that, but that's just what it is. I mean that that's what it is. That's what it's always been. You know, you 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 look at who were the two healthiest teams last year. That's right, the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. And what happened to the Phoenix Suns in the in the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals? Yeah. They got injured. Chris Paul lost both his hands. Well, guess what? Water's wet and Chris Paul's hurt in the playoffs. And by the way, that means you lost. Is what it is. I mean, it just it just I like I get it. It's not fun to listen to. I, I and and again, I don't I, I want to be clear. We're not coming from the perspective of, hey, let's hate on the jazz. Like we didn't even plan to talk about the jazz in this light today. But but if we're gonna sit here and discuss like how do you become a championship, you know, caliber team in Utah? You've got to be ruthless about the players you move. You have to be cold-blooded about about these guys. It can no longer be, oh, well, Joe Ingles is a really nice glue guy for this team. I got news for you. Joe Ingles is over the hill. Joe Ingles is, is tired. He's not the same guy that he was. He's a role player. I love him. I love what he does for this team. I love the fact that he is a team guy. I love that. But the fact is, team guys don't win you championships. Right, we need Karis LeVert to be on the wing, ready to knock it down or take it to the. I cup. just don't understand where. And if you're not going to play Jared Butler, fine. Where's Trent Forrest? Don't know. Where is Trent? Like this guy was your best player in the summer, and he ain't even sniffing minutes. And by the way, by the way, this is a team. Let's not forget that this is a great point by you. This is a team in the Utah Jazz who haven't really developed anybody. They haven't developed or turned anybody outside of Donovan Mitchell into a, a, a clean cut star in this league. Yet what do we look what do we look for in the Bay Area? We look at the Warriors and we say, wow, they built a three time championship club from the draft, basically. The core of that team came from the draft and they're doing it again with Wiseman. You should be scared. And and I think the Jazz could take notes on that and learn from that. See what he did there. Take notes. Take notes. See how I did that? That was, you know, real real slick. You know, you know what the I mean? other question the other question that I have is like where are where where is Eric Pascal? Like why is Eric Pascal not playing a single minute against Cleveland? Because I don't think that. I, and again, I, I'm not I'm not a believer in the fire Quinn Snyder stuff. I don't think that that's where we are. But I am a believer in the fact that Quinn does not play guys he's not comfortable with. He does not play guys, not just young guys. Eric Pascal is a great name. He's not going to play Eric Pascal, and it's it's surprising to me. Like. Why are we loyal to guys who are not performing? Maybe this is the Ursan Ilyasova con, con, uh, hello, conversation hello. from last year. Yeah. Like you bring in Ilyasova, he really never played. 
Yeah, he played like two games. Yeah, I like mean, real he, minutes. He just didn't have. I don't know. I I think that's an interesting that's an interesting conversation. It, Quinn, because Quinn doesn't play guys he doesn't know. I mean, what's gonna I happen? Mean, what's gonna happen? Like, what's it gonna take for Quinn to play a guy that is not Joe Ingles, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, or Boyan Bogdanovich? Like, how have you not developed Oni at all? He, Wonderful like, he defensive not, talent. Yeah, he has not gotten better. Trent Forrest, Jared Butler, like. I, I, it's surprising that you're you're getting 37 minutes out of little oh, buckets O'Neal, right? Like it, that Boyan Bogdanovich but is playing 33, 38 for Rudy, 39 for Donovan. Think about this though. What what is what's more painful as a Jazz fan? The fact that you're playing guys who are at their ceiling, or the fact that you're not playing guys who have a ton of growth in them right now? I think it's that you're a, um, a middle mid level team. And you're not playing your young guys or developing your young guys. That's a huge problem. I don't want to see any more Zaire Wade Aliyup highlights from the Salt Lake Stars. Yeah. Go play. Go send Butler down. Go play him. Yeah. Yeah. Get the kid sitting on the bench or practicing or what that's not going to help him develop. Jared Butler needs 30 minutes a night. Go play in the G League. Go give the guy r- routine regular minutes. Because he's really, I think he's got good upside. Yes. Right? He's not Dante Exum, who everybody knew was a bust the second they took him. Right? And again, not to keep going back to the draft. We all complain that the Jazz have sucked in the draft. Mm -hmm. But what's the point of drafting guys if you're not going to play them? Yeah. What happened to, hey, we're resting Mike Conley on back-to-back, so Jared Butler is going to backfill that? Well, apparently not. Right? Apparently not. I mean, you, you're playing Joe Ingles 20 minutes a night, the exact right amount. Yep. I don't, I don't know. The, now we're way down the rabbit hole with the Jazz. I just. There's questions. This, and this is, this is what I mean to get back to the, to get back to the point. This is why I'm concerned. I'm genuinely concerned about the team because again, when you, when you're paying, paying guys a lot of money, when you don't have a lot of draft capital to, to, to make trades happen with, like it's a tough spot to be in, and then in addition to that stuff, you're not playing the young guys. Well, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon Whiteside says Rudy Gobert was totally developed, but good point on Axon Burks, etc. I think Rudy Gobert has developed to a point. I mean, if what would it take for Rudy Gobert to be a centerpiece on this team? The Jazz to be cold blooded and to tell him that he needs to develop a jump shot and he needs to develop uh, a back to the basket game of some kind. I would, I would think that he would have to be able to dribble a basketball and he has to be able to play with his back to the basket. You have to be able to lob him the ball last night in the Brooklyn game. They're down like 10, you know, they're chasing the Mavericks. It's the middle of the third quarter. On adversity's the hitting. Yeah. You're on the road. What do we get? And I'm not sitting here saying that Rudy Gobert has to be offensively on the same level as Kevin Durant. But my point with this is, is that when the Brooklyn Nets need a bucket, they can put it to, they can give it to Kevin Durant on the block, and they're going to get it. But furthermore, the Dallas Mavericks were doubling Kevin Durant to get the ball out of his hands because he was dominating. So what did the Brooklyn Nets do? The Brooklyn Nets were like, "All right, well, you want to double him on top? We're going to put him on the post. Oh, you're going to double him on the post? Well, we're going to have him pass the ball back out, create a situation where you're playing in illegal defense, so that you have to chase off." And we're going to ISO him with his back to the basket on the opposite side of the floor and get him a a one-on-one opportunity. 
The Jazz can't do that. The Jazz don't do that. Yeah. The Jazz don't have positional flexibility to do that. So the thing, and and I put Donovan Mitchell in the the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. He's your guy where you give him the ball when the game's on the line. Yeah. And he's going to do one of two things. He's going to shoot a way long three-pointer or he's going to try and go to the basket. I don't know what Kevin Durant's going to do with the game on the line. Because he can shoot a three, he can shoot a pull-up, he can play back to the basket. Like He's going to get a good look is what he's going to do. This Jazz team is not flexible. Yeah. And a lot of it is that you're not athletic enough to be flexible. So when we talk about developing players, guys like Trent Forrest, Trent Forrest is a beast. Like He has developed a, a, the ability to attack the basket. But we don't see that because he's he's not getting minutes. Uh, Eric C says is Donovan uh, Mitchell in the Devin Booker category? I just think Devin Booker is more polished. He's an elite mid-range player. Mm-hmm. You are seeing the impact that Chris Paul is having on Devin Booker because Devin Booker can score from anywhere on the floor as long as he is on his side of the court. The Suns' offensive end, there's nowhere on the court he can't score from. They post him up. He pulls up in the mid-range. He shoots threes like. Yeah, I and I think he's developing. I think they're close. I my my only critique of Don lately is decision making. Sometimes I feel like Don like settles for some pretty difficult shots when he doesn't need to. I think Donovan Mitchell doesn't believe in his teammates. Oh, I I agree with that. 100%. Donovan Mitchell, we and I am the first one to say Donovan and everybody else. It's Don and everybody else. He doesn't give the ball to Rudy. He doesn't. He doesn't want to. He doesn't. The I, next just, time yeah. that Donovan Mitchell throws the ball to Rudy Gobert in the post, and it's not a lob, by the way, will be the first time because I can't remember a time this season where Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert is standing there waving his hand, give me the ball, and Donovan Mitchell doesn't even pay attention to him. That's routine. What, how do you explain that? I'm telling you that Donovan Mitchell doesn't trust his guys. Donovan Mitchell, when the game's on the line, there's one thought. I'm shooting the ball, and I'm not passing it. It's me and everybody else. And what did the Clippers do to prevent that? Yep. Double teamed him. And you you wind up you wind up losing. And it, it it's two years ago in the bubble. You know, when Don had it, and it winds up with Mike Conley, and they lose. You know, like, it, it you're missing pieces here. You're either going to go trade for guys or you're going to develop your young guys. And they clearly are not going to develop their young guys. So you got to go and make a trade. Yeah. Um, let's see. Eric says, yeah, we get a lot of guys we haven't seen enough of. Tired of seeing Clarkson eat up so many shots, minutes off the bench. But it's great when they're going in. That's the thing. And and this is like, this is, I'm glad someone brought up Clarkson because I don't have any criticism of Jordan Clarkson, mainly because he's asked to do one thing. And he's a human being. Some nights it's going to go in at a really high rate. Other nights he's going to have an off night. That's just what it. That's I mean, that's what your your firecracker off the bench does. That's on every NBA team. That guy is going to you look know look at Patty Mills for the the Nets. Yeah, last Patty night. Mills last night. You ice look at, cold. Yeah, I dude. mean, ice could not hit water from the boat. And then all of a sudden he hit a three out of the corner and he hit like three, four big shots for the Nets. I mean, that's why Lou Williams has been such a coveted piece in the NBA. That's why he's been on so many teams because he's happy to take his one-year $15 million deal, go get buckets, and go to the next team. This is why Rudy Gay is so important. Yes. He's willing to play 20 minutes a night, and in those 20 minutes he's going to shoot threes and play defense. Yeah. You need those guys. Um, Let's see. James Knight just keeps railing. Mm-hmm. I'm the, sure he is. The G League is for development. Uh, the Jazz are trying to win a championship, for fuck's sake. Um, he right. says, lucky you guys aren't in Fire Quinn Snyder Club, but the list 
uh, what the team's doing wrong is long. It is. It is. It's not the, – the list of what the Jazz are doing wrong is not long. They just keep doing the same thing they've always done. And that's why it worries – I'm on I'm on the fence with Justin Zanuck. He's been here a very long time. And you do things the way you've always done things. That's how human beings operate. So A plus B equals mediocrity right now. You know. You need to change the narrative. You need to change the formula. You need to get aggressive quickly. I am it, it yeah. I don't know what you say about this team defensively. Let's be really I mean, clear. It is better for us when the Jazz win. Yeah. It's a lot better, and I, I enjoy talking about the Jazz more when they're winning. I would love nothing more than to see the Jazz go up against one of the best teams, whether it's the Lakers, the Warriors, whoever it may be. I would love to see them go up against that team in a seven-game series and win it in six. I'd love nothing more than that. But the, but the thing is, and this is what we always say, and I feel like this pisses people off, but you're not going to come on this show and get the, yeah, the Jazz look great. You know, Don was the Western Conference Player of the Week. They've never played better. Buckets O'Neal is knocking down his three, and everything's fine and dandy. It's not. It's not. Because to James' point, this is a champion. This is, this is a team that has championship aspirations, except they don't have championship aspirations in the front office. That's the problem, and you yeah. see that reflected on the floor. Tanner says, Trent Forrest is a beast. Put him in the Jazz Ring of Honor. That was the joke last year. Yeah, we, we I think we made that joke every We time. did. Yeah, because everybody wanted to say, well— this kid is so great. This kid is so amazing, even though he couldn't shoot real well. Still can't shoot real well. He's def- he, he, he showed over the summer he's working hard. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a guy that has developed a game going to the basket, but what does it mean? It means nothing because he's That's not going to get minutes. That's the point. He's not going to get minutes. Yes. You know, like it, it just is – yeah, it doesn't matter. What good is it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, you know, anyway. Brandon Whiteside says, Jazz number one offense in the league with most players having an offseason so far and with Rudy. Rudy makes our defense good with a perimeter defense that can't guard anyone. Well, and you're going to see tonight, at least I think Carl Anthony Towns is good to go tonight. Um, that's a guy that shoots threes. And it'll it, the, the issue with the Jazz, we saw it last year when Conley got hurt in that back-to-back against Minnesota. They can't defend young athletic wings. Saw it against Cleveland. You're gonna you're gonna you saw it against the Bulls. You struggle when guys get to the basket. And th- what does Minnesota do really well? Minnesota breaks the paint really well. You know, agree with what you guys say. Uh, the Jazz will win this year's championship. LOL. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I hope Probably so. Not. I hope so. He says we need Damian Lillard. I I don't know that Damian Lillard's a fit here. I don't. But see, I would rather the last thing I'll say on this. I would rather the Jazz go out and make that splash acquisition and just shake the whole team up rather than just staying right in the, hey, we're going to go to the playoffs every year, but we're going to lose in the first or second round. Yes. I would rather see them shoot for the moon and fail than stay right here and fail. That's, I mean, I just, to me, that's what I'd rather see. Damian Lillard is a good player that makes anybody's offense better. Exactly, yeah. He's the same player as Donovan Mitchell. I mean, they're very similar players stylistically. Yeah. So I don't know that he answers or checks any box. So anyway, all right, we got a few minutes left here. A couple of things to get to. Yeah. Who's the, who is your most hated athlete? Now we say this all the time in life. Don't, you don't hate people. Yeah. Right. It's like lending somebody money. Mm -hmm. You're not lending them money. You're giving it to them and you're not going to ask them for it back. Mm -hmm. Right. When you hate somebody, they're taking your energy away. Mm-hmm. So just write them off. 
Now in sports, that's totally different. Aaron Rodgers is a prick and I hate him. Yep. Right? Who are your most hated professional athletes right now? Because it is, it was remarkable last night to see Twitter lighting up with the anti-LeBron James hate. And LeBron's one of my most hated athletes. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Amongst the ones that come to my mind. Yeah. Here are the athletes I hate the most. Luka Doncic, I think, is by far the athlete in the NBA I hate the most. His mom's hot. I absolutely, let's rock and roll with her. (laughs) Boner. Um, Come on. (laughs) Patrick Beverly has to be there. Yes. LeBron is there. Yes. In baseball, there's no doubt it's Jose Altuve, that cheating. Mm -hmm. I hate Jose Altuve. Anything Chicago White Sox, I hate it. Um, my most hated athlete today right now, with the exception of one guy that I'm going to talk about in a minute, is horseface bucktooth Max Verstappen. F1 driver Max Verstappen. Red Bull. Who's probably going to win the championship this weekend. Mm, won Abu Dhabi last year. Like, I hate Max Verstappen with a passion. Yeah. If he gets run over by a cart of manure and is unable to race this weekend, I would actually celebrate. Yeah. I hate Max Verstappen. Yep. But by far, without question, the most hated athlete for me is Aaron Rodgers. Where is A.A. Ron right now? Yeah. No, what you need is the he's Aaron effing Rodgers drop. Mm -hmm. I hate Aaron Rodgers. You're Aaron fucking Rodgers? Like, I cannot stand him. And I just, no, man, I'm not doing it. You're not doing it. I I hope that his toe falls off. Yeah, I've been immunized. I hope he's pooping horse worms because he took ivermectin. Um, I know he's immunized and all that. Yeah, I've been immunized. You know, I can't, yeah. st- I hate him. Yeah. I Legit, I, I, I hate Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, that's my number one, Aaron Rodgers as well. I can't stand him. I, I have no respect for him. After the the whole ivermectin immunized crap that he, he lied. ran out no, there, no, you have no respect for him because he lied. Yeah, about I mean, COVID. I just can't. I I can't do it, dude. And and same goes for Antonio Brown. Same goes for all those guys who who have lied and had fake vaccine cards. And I just I have no respect for it. And this is partially why I don't like LeBron. Right, uh, Kyrie's on my list. I I, I I in sports I hate Kyrie. I hate the way he operates. I hate that he's a diva. Uh, the same thing about LeBron. I don't know for a fact. I don't know. Has it still yet to come out that LeBron's fully vaccinated? Do we? Did we ever I'm get? Pretty an sure he is. Okay. I'm pretty sure he is. Well, assuming that he is, then I hate him less. But I still, I, I, I still have major, yeah, dislike. I can't stand him. Uh, Greg Hawkins says least favorite is Patrick Reed in the PGA. Yes, he's such a douche, man. Yes, like he is such a douche. Eric C says, "Damn, I missed two days, and the show became an F1 show." What's wrong with F1? Yeah, I, I dude, love F1. Are you serious that you don't like F1? I love F1. Like, come on. Um, Greg Hawkins says, also, don't really like O.J. Simpson. That Well, man, there's a lot of guys in the past I hate. I mean, Brett Favre has to be A.J. Pruszynski? Come on. A.J. Pruszynski is very what a unlikable. Douche. Very unlikable. Um, Ozzy Gwilin, uh, the former shortstop and manager Ozzie of the— Ozzy Wow. What a prick. Um— there's a lot. Like Kirk Gibson. Any of the Dodgers. Steve Garvey. Um, Tommy Lasorda. No, to- dude, come on. I hate Tommy Lasorda. Do you? Fat Italian. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I, okay, that was probably too much. Do we have a dump button? My no. Bad. 
No, nope. uh, I'm not a Tommy Lasorda guy at all. Um, oh my God, um, the former coach of Washington State, Rolovich. Oh yeah, Nick Rolovich Ro- has to be one of the most hated guys in sports. Yeah, dude. Nick Rolovich. Yeah, yeah, I hate that guy. Um, Pete Carroll. Not really? A Pete, not a Pete. I don't hate Pete Carroll. USC Pete, Pete Carroll. I wasn't a fan of. He just chews his gum, and it's like, shut up. He chomps his gum. Like, shut up. Go Hawks. You, you know, I, I can't stand him. Uh, Eric, I, your comment got filtered. Uh, never get into, uh, but I'm down for either that or NASCAR. Just a few, just a new sport to get into. F1's pretty good. I like it. And I, and I love that F1's on ESPN. It's easy to find. You All know. Right. Before we get out of here, can we talk about sleeping? Yes. So... It's been interesting. We were in Hawaii for, you know, legit two weeks, slept our asses off. It was amazing. Getting up at 4.30 sucks. <laughs> um, but I'm learning that I'm sleeping better now. And I am a guy that when my wife is home, I, I'm kind of at her whim on – whether or not the ceiling fan above our bed is on. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you now. Yeah. I'm telling you now. Yeah. If you're not sleeping with a ceiling fan on above your bed, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. It's cold now in Utah at night. We're in like the 30s. And a storm is moving in, by the way. So like today is going to be really windy. It's going to drop off temperature wise tomorrow. It's supposed to, you know. Yeah, dump dump like Mia Khalifa's ass like it's supposed to be amazing butthole yeah (laughs) wow anyway the point is the point is yeah we have quite a bit of winter coming now yeah and I'm sleeping under a weighted blanket now is this your first time ever using a weighted blanket yes first time okay and I'm telling you right now a weighted blanket with a ceiling fan in the middle of winter is how you sleep (laughs) because it is amazing okay it is amazing so what it, what are the differences that you've noticed like what do you feel wise what is it oh just... i just sleep well i just sleep like you know that feeling when you get in your bed like i also sleep with a body pillow okay my room is pitch black i curl up with my body pillow i get under the weighted blanket the fans on and i'm just like oh yes where yes. you get in your bed and you're just like yes oh Facts. man yes. this is amazing like oh Finally, the day's over. I can do nothing and just be calm. I mean, yeah. So I the love things, it. okay. So the question is what, and the question for the comments is what do you need to sleep well? So for me, definitely ceiling fan, definitely my pillow. And then uh, that's basically it. I mean, I don't need it to be blacked out. I don't even need it to be quiet. In fact, you don't I need use, it to be blacked out. No, well, no, because I, I've, it's never been like that for me in, in most of my life. Oh, I love a black. I've out always, room. I've always had you know, a window or some light coming in or whatever. So I don't, I don't mind it being like in my current apartment, I have two windows in my, in my bedroom and you know, even with the blinds closed, you still get the street light, you know, kind of coming in a little bit. So I've never had, uh, I've never had an issue with that, but. Well, the outside noise is a problem because I had some jag loaf last night, like driving up and down the street, like popping his exhaust and, Uh and I hear that loud and clear. I hate it. But, man, I'm telling you. The ceiling fan thing is definitely legit. If you don't have a ceiling fan, you got to fix that. Well, and I, the hard part for me is my wife's out of town, mm-hmm. and usually I don't sleep well. I slept well last night. Good. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a curl-up guy. 
Like I absolutely oh, yeah. like sleeping next. Now to I'm a side sleeper as well. I'm a left side sleeper. Yeah, me too. Big time left side me sleeper. Me too. Me too. Um, let's see. What's the question here? How was the food in Hawaii? Went to Mexico and it sucked. Uh, I'm telling you, the food in Hawaii was pretty good. We ate at all the best restaurants on Maui. Though. So good. We don't. When we go out to eat, we we do it right. Um, we went to Mama's Fish House. Man. Uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, which is the the reason we went there, is because. That is the best Ruth's Chris in in the world. And it was the best one I've ever been to. Yeah. It was by outstanding. Far. By far. Um, went to Sansai Sushi, um, which was fantastic. Jake hated it. Nah. Uh, had some really good teriyaki steak as well as uh, some sushi arugula panko rolls. <sighs> Ridiculous. The food it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, Big Mugamba says... Um, Playa del Carmen, never go to Hacienda Trace Rios. I'm not a fan of Mexico right now. I can't see myself vacationing in Mexico. Did, did, was that guy's name Mobamba? What no, was his name? It was the Big Mugamba. Shout the Mobamba. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. I barely remembered that man here in SoCal. Everyone re reveres Kobe. I might be the only one who doesn't. Okay, there you go. Wow. Um, I just need a drink or a puff of something, lol. Okay. Hey, man. Okay. And he sleeps well. Um, Crack, ice, boom, boom pow. Fat Jesus says, ceiling fan, weighted blanket, rubbing one out. Hey, hey man. Hey. Going to bed relaxed. You know what I mean? I made the mistake of of dropping the kids off at the pool right before I got in bed last Bro, night, Bro, did you stink up your room? No, I had a PDH, though. Oh, okay, okay. That was, like, yeah, shouldn't be doing that. Don't do that. Head tingler keep you from falling asleep? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um... <laughs> Uh, Brandon White says, says, nope, but what, what is hella funny is when Malone was chasing Kobe's wife when he was a Laker. Yeah. Carl mm -hmm. Malone's not a good human. What top two places for dinner around Draper? I'll be there for the next couple, four days for work. Around <coughs> Draper? Around Draper. Well, I mean, drive into the city and go to Red Iguana. You got to go to Red Iguana. North Salt Lake. Um, man, mm, there's like a, let me look it up. It's like a black. What, what is it? Slackwater pizza. Slackwater's phenomenal. Slackwater yeah. pizza. That's technically Sandy, but that's right on the edge of Draper. Yeah. Slackwater pizza is good. Draper Sandy are right next to each other. Um, there's a lot of you Oakwood know, fire kitchen. Yes. Oakwood, Oakwood fire, kitchen. fire kitchen is phenomenal. Great yeah. appetizers. Great pizza. I would put. I would put Slackwater a step ahead of Oakwood, but Oakwood is really good. Yeah, I don't. Um, the, you can't. The, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of my go-to out to eat. It's, Del Taco. Okay, don't be an idiot. <laughs> don't be an Bet idiot. Bet you weren't expecting this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Del Taco. Um, go-to out to eat in Salt Lake City. Okay. Um, red iguana, of course. Um, I mean, I feel like that's the only go-to because there's not. You're only have to. Yeah, because there's not like, like the roost Chris here is okay. Like, yes, I'll go and get it. I'll go and get my fix on some steak, but but there's not uh, a Mastro's here. There's not, you know, there's not a major like. Yes, I have got to go there outside of red iguana. Honestly, and, and tell me. If I'm missing something, please tell me. But 
But, you know, we've we lived here for five years the first time. We've been here a year now, and I haven't found another go-to spot that's like, you know, have to. No, I can't say I have. So I'm letting you down. Um, Eric C. says, dude, this is the first time I've heard any Carl Malone stuff. I thought he was a solid guy. Well, I mean, if you... If being a solid guy means you have illegitimate children that you never pay child support for as a multimillionaire, I mean... So you better check yourself. There is that. I mean... You know. You know. Um, while Malone was a 20-year-old student and a basketball star at La Tech, he impregnated a 13-year-old Gloria Bell. She gave birth to a son, Demetrius Bell, a future NFL lineman who Carl Malone had had no relationship with. And I don't believe has a relationship with him today. Yeah, he's not a good guy. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. Bombay House, yes. Are you guys interested in kicking in for a gift for Tanner's 12th birthday? No, nah, I'm good. Liberty Justice says Siegfried's. Uh, just go to Cafe Rio, Eric C. says. Well, you can never go wrong at Cafe Rio. Y'all feel me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. I know. So you can never go wrong. <sighs> but what? No, I just... Yeah, I'm, 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 I can't believe we're having a conversation about must to, you know, must go to spots in Salt Lake, and I can only come up with one. Well, we don't eat out a lot when we're here. I mean, honest to God, it sounds stupid, but it's Cafe Rio. I mean, yeah, our our eating out is the gym. <laughs> Honestly, I yeah, I wish it wasn't. Um, you know, but if you're talking about like, if you're talking about, I don't know what kind of food do you like. You know, that's the. I think that's the other question. Um, I can't remember who asked that question. Giggity? Not giggity. Uh, oh, yeah, it is giggity. He's going to be a draper. Giggity, if it, you know, I mean, it depends. Are you a sushi guy? I mean, are you alone or are you with your family or what's the deal? I mean, what's the setup? Because I think, you know, either way, Red Iguana is good. You can take a family there or you can go alone. Either way, it's fine. You know, but I but I think that, you know, if you're alone, that opens up the options a little bit. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt you got to go to Slackwater. Yeah, Slackwater is mean, phenomenal. There's no doubt about that. I mean, but if, I mean, if you're doing pizza, go to the pie pizzeria. If you haven't had the pie, the pie is great pizza. Um, if you want, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I would tell you, you know, Hey, are you a sushi guy? There's actually good sushi in Salt Lake city. Um, you know, like I, 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 it just depends on what you want. Like, um, you know, bluefish sushi bar I've been to, it's really good. I actually like, I like tsunami sushi. I've been to Tsunami a bunch, you know. I'll be alone and open to trying anything. Thanks for narrowing that down. Go to Crown Burger for sure. Oh, uh, what is that play? What is it, Lucky 13? Oh, Lucky 13 down by the ballpark. Yes. Lucky, Lucky there 13 you go. is phenomenal. Do you have a car, Giggity? Yeah, Giggity, do you have a car? Um, Go to Lucky 13 down by Smith's Ballpark, Smithfield, Um, and then go to Red Iguana for dinner. At Lucky 13... I have the peanut butter burger. Oh, the peanut phenomenal. butter burger is phenomenal. phenomenal. Um, and then I would go to Slackwater. Those three places I think are a must. Absolutely a must. Angry Ashley says Tanner Plummer acts like he's 50. Tanner's a good dude. Tanner's a good dude. I mean, everybody thinks that he's 12 years old, just like everyone thinks I'm a virgin, but he's not. And neither Tanner's, am I. Tanner's 25 and he's married. Yeah, he's actually like got his stuff together. Yeah, unlike Jake, who's a virgin. Yeah, he's, you know, I'm, I'm single and can't get you anything, know. you know. Uh, at Lucky 13 in Red Iguana, make sure you lock your doors. Yeah, well, no, no, he didn't ask for a good neighborhood. Man. He asked for good food. He asked security. for good food. You know what do you want from me? So, anyways, is what it is. If you like chicken sandwiches, Pretty Bird is the best you'll have. Everybody says that. I've never been there. Uh, Tanner says 50. That's a first. 
Yeah, you won't even live to see 50. Uh, <laughs> Especially we'll as an a, Eagles fan. <laughs> ooh, we'll have a car and dining on the government's dime. Oh, oh well, then, geez. Yeah. I mean, then I guess you are going to Roost Chris. <laughs> like, yeah, the, uh, you know. the world's your oyster, bro. Yeah. Don't backflip now, Monty. You torched Tanner yesterday. I'm not backflipping. Tanner's my guy. Like, we tweet, we talk. Like That was all in good fun. Yeah, I hope everyone knows that. We were having fun with it. Yeah, 25, I believe that. I'm 27. He seemed roughly my age, Eric C. said. Yeah, he is. So there you go. Uh, play the music because we have a job to do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, by the way, we're way too reliant on the internet after yesterday. Yesterday was ridiculous, dude. I mean, you know, AWS goes out, can't make calls, you know, can't do our job, sitting around for like three hours in team chats. Like, I mean, it just was that kind of day, dude. Like, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right feel better yeah all right well good thanks to everybody who's here on a daily basis please give us a thumbs up right now if you're watching the show everybody please give us a thumbs up it really helps the channel grow hit subscribe take a picture that you're subscribed tag us on social media twitter instagram or tiktok the monty show m-o-n-t-y the monty show jake is slc super cars and eventually we'll give away this xbox until tomorrow say goodbye jake goodbye jake